Hey y'all, it is Sunday? I think it's Sunday. And I have just finished doing some cover crop seeding and I'm just winging it. But I had bought a lot of seeds and <coughs> something I learned about seeds not too long ago was that you need to use them can't just like keep them forever. Well, you kind of maybe can, but you have to do all this stuff to like refrigerate and everything. So I was like, oh, dang, I should get into my seeds and start spreading them. So I decided to go ahead and do that. And what I did was I just basically like in my orchard where I have all my nut and fruit trees, I kind of, uh, there's like this hand rototiller that I bought. And it actually works pretty well in this material that I have that we're calling soil. <laughs> um, like a bentonite clay kind of a material. It actually works pretty well in most areas. And then I mixed some humic DG into the seed spreader that I bought. And my dog chewed off part of the elbow rest or wrist rest part of it, but it still worked great. I was actually really surprised that it worked so well. I have never used a seed spreader before, and it really is a great tool. Um, so then I kind of just poured all the different seed mixes that I got. I got like cover crop mixes. I got um, buckwheat. I got, let's see, millet, uh, sun hemp, coated sun hemp. It had already been coated in like a clay. So that stuff will probably do the best. <laughs> um, and then like native grasses and I think some lentils and peas and beans and I think that's mostly it. There, there might have been a few other things. And I just kind of filled the seed spreader with various piles of the different seeds and then with the humic DG mixed in. And then I did use up the rest of my first of two bags that I brought out with me to the desert of a starter fertilizer that has mycorrhizae in it and so that was basically what I spread and then I went in and hand carried shovels large kind of I got this big shovel in town the other day and lar so large shovels of the some of the wood chip mulch that I picked up in town and I think I mentioned this maybe in the past but I found a source of free mulch it's a little over an hour away but I'm gonna be going up there maybe once a month, maybe once every two weeks anyway for certain supplies I can't get more locally, like organic berries and stuff like that until I have my own berry plants producing. So, um, and they have a plant nursery and you know, just hardware stores and stuff like that. So anyway, I, I uh, went ahead and spread all the seed like I said and then I um, after roughing up the soil with the hand tiller and then I kind of laid down a really light dusting of the wood chip mulch um, and some of the straw that I had sitting around to the straw and the alfalfa I think some of it might actually be hay as well because in one of the beds that I used it as a mulch it's sprouting up which I actually don't mind I'm allowing I'm allowing that to happen I think it's cool and maybe I'll transplant those starts somewhere else, but for now it's 
you know, like, great. And it also indicates that maybe my wick system is actually working. But I do, I do go and water that thing, like, probably ever, every couple days, or maybe even every day. And it's, we've had, like, 104 degree temperatures um, the last few days. And then I think it's going to last for the next few days as well. So, just to be on the safe side. But anyway... The only reason I did a light dusting, which I don't recommend, is just because it was a lot of physical work and it's getting warmer um, in the day. It's noon right now where I am. So, you know, just didn't want to like totally wear myself out. <laughs> but um, also, you know, I didn't get that much because when I did go up there, they didn't really have that much. So I basically got most of what they had with a broken shovel that they had sitting there. Um, luckily, there was a shovel though, but it was the handle and the shovel part were totally separated but I could kind of hold them together just by using the shovel if I did it right um so that was a godsend and I was able to actually load all this mulch with that so I'm just gonna get some whenever I go up there and you know that's better than nothing and over the years over time it'll eventually I'll build it up to what I want it to be which would be like probably six inches thick maybe even a foot but it'll take a while <laughs> And when I get my little trailer hitch and everything, all that, all of that done, then I'll be able to actually get a lot more on my trips. So, but for now, I started a light dusting and you know, right away it gave this vibe, it created an atmosphere of more settled, more green even, more alive. It, it was really interesting just laying down that material. And again, it's a very light dusting. There's a lot of areas that don't have any at all. It's just kind of like, you know, spread, spreading it with a shovel kind of roughly. And I do have another um, an amount, another pile. There's two kind of small piles that I made because I pulled my van forward after dumping the first pile. Um, and I basically just spread the first pile. So there is a lot, you know, there's enough, there's a significant amount more to add. I'll just do it on a different day. And I do have a lot of hay bales too that I can also spread. I kind of like to put the hay bales down, the hay first, and then lay the wood chips over that because those will help hold it down from the wind. But so I got that done today and just on a whim, I was like, why not? Got to get these seeds on the ground. They're better, than, better out on the land than in a bag. They have more of a chance of doing something. Because <laughs> um, again, like if you save the bag for too long, then your, your seeds won't be viable anymore. Um, so I went ahead and spread it in some of the other areas to the south of me. I did spread some and then over by the driveway I did spread some as well. And then I actually went over it again, those areas, I went over those with the hand tiller just to help rough up the surface of the soil to partially bury the seeds and also to open up the soil for the rain. Um, the next week, I believe two days, one of the days it's 55% chance of rain. And the second day is going to be 40% chance of rain and there's going to be lightning. So hopefully um, it does rain. And the one trick is if it does, if it rains and then doesn't rain again for a while, that's going to be bad. But I'm going with Masanobu Fukuoka's kind of approach, which was just kind of like, just throw everything out there and see what sticks. <laughs> so anyway, um, and also, yeah, one of the other things I had was Maximilian sunflower in there because those are perennial sunflowers. So, and sunflowers are really good for soil. So soil building, um, other things that I got and I'm going to do like project wise, I went ahead and just was like, you know, thinking about this and I thought, well, why not just make a deck, a quick deck out of pallets that you lay plywood over? Like, what's the big deal? 
why does it have to be a certain way? Why does it have to be fancy? Like, why isn't everybody just doing that? You know what I mean? I, I'm not talking about the people with a ton of money and who are trying to do Airbnb or trying to make, you know, like do get on these house reno, show, reno shows, which is cool. It's very cool. But that's not um, accessible for every one of us. You know, a lot of, I think, people just watch those shows and would never actually do that or don't have the means to do it. But it certainly is nice eye candy. I mean, I could sit there for hours. Don't get me wrong. But so... I went ahead and at the hardware store, I spent probably about an hour and a half at the hardware store, maybe two hours, and I ended up finding this, like, it's kind of like a press board sort of looking thing with a really, really sheeny finished surface. It's made to look like boards, and I found one of them that's white, but it's got whitewashed boards look kind of a pattern, and I just decided, yeah, why the fuck not? I'm just going to try it. So... I'm going to get, I think I already probably have eight pallets. They're these big, thick, heavy-duty blue ones. And I know where to get a ton more if I need. But I think I'm going to do eight because I bought four sheets of the plywood. So, right, eight by four. So I think that it should be pretty close to just fitting. And I'm just going to lay them down in front or actually rather on the side of the camper that I live in where the door is. And just create a little deck. Something up off the ground. Something that's not dusty. Something that's not being tore into and peed on by the dog. <laughs> and, um, you know, I can actually lay out a yoga mat. <laughs> Speaking of yoga, I did go to yoga yesterday, but they changed the time without telling me because they put it on Facebook. And I'm just not into Facebook, so I didn't see it. And actually, I'm going to substitute lead the class next week so I'm kind of surprised the lady didn't let me know but it's whatever um it was nice to see her and one of the benefits was that I got to learn something prior to going and teaching which was that the people that go to that class are it would seem uh, more like at the beginner level or the low level of exertion so that was good to know because then I can kind of tailor what I'm doing um for those people because I didn't really realize what that they were limited until after I did like some sun salutations and they were like we can't do vinyasa I was like okay so we'll do some hatha but um the other thing is that I did uh it I used this like really heavy duty construction adhesive and I glued my oversized mat to the roof deck I finally found a position and I just glued it down because it just blew off in the really big windstorm we had like a month ago or something. And so, you know, it, I'm not going to move it. It'll be fine. And then I do really need to get the rest of the brackets that I'm going to need for the roof deck railing. But I need, and then I need to get that solar panel off of there. But then I should be able to move one of the giant poofs up there because it won't blow away most likely. They're really pretty heavy. It's like a charcoal filling. I don't know how I'm going to get it up onto the roof in the first place. <laughs> I came up with a country song, my dog needs a man, um, she only sometimes follows my commands, you know, like, she needs a stronger hand, um, that kind of sort of thing, just for comedy's sake, but man, I could use a man around sometimes to fix stuff and make stuff, <laughs> but whatever, I was laughing because my friend Nick came over and um, I was laughing because I could not get my furniture set together because it's just, it won't align up. The screws won't go in. I've, tr I've tried everything. And I finally just switched from the chairs that weren't working. I switched over to the love seat. And if the love seat went together, it did take, it was hard, but I got it together. And then when he came over, I was like, I was like, I finally got my freaking love seat set up. And he went over and looked at it and, and he was like, what's wrong? Why isn't working on the chairs? And I just started showing him and he was just like, I'll help you, but we'll see if he'll actually help me. So a lot of people seem like they say they'll do stuff and then I don't know if they ever get around to it. 
Uh, speaking of that, one of the things he said he's going to, to do for me for free, which is killer, is he's going to dig me my pond basin. And I'm going to do a swimming, a natural swimming pond. And I think I know where I'm going to do it. It's going to be on the other side of the south wall that I'm going to build so that there'll be a gate in the back wall as well. And then you'll go walk the little path to this to the pond. And I was watching this video and it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty expensive. It does require um, a lot of materials. You need a very large pond liner and you need like cement blocks to really make it so that the walls don't cave in on the, the you know plunge part. And then you just taper it up on the on the banks, basically create these wade-in banks. And then you could do a dock and stuff. And there's plants and there's a circulation pump and stuff. So it's a kind of a big involved project, but really the main thing I need help with is digging that trench, that big old hole. And he said he's going to be using some kind of piece of equipment. I don't remember what it was at some point. So he said he would come do it when he does that other thing. So we'll see. I was taking a walk with him last night in the moonlight. It's pretty great, man, because we don't ever go out on walks at night, you know, because for obvious reasons. And I was with my dog too, so it was kind of like pretty, it felt really safe. But um, anyway, he was telling me about how he had been kind of verbally attacked by some jerk down the road um, that was kind of just criticizing him for like, you know, not doing anything, I guess was what the guy said. Um, and I don't know why that man took it upon himself to come and criticize his neighbor. I don't, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, but there's people who just suck and he's actually from, I think, Oregon. So it makes more sense because there's a lot of people in Oregon I've met who totally suck. <laughs> no offense to Oregon, but it's just the truth. I lived there for 35 years. Um, but so anyway, uh, he, it kind of brought up the question and he, in his mind and he was saying that he had actually kind of noticed it wasn't he was kind of procrastinating on all the things he was doing it wanting to do and you know of course I can relate to that as I've said in past episodes and I'm sure a lot of people can you know we all procrastinate stuff that we know we should do or that we know we want to do and so I just tried to prompt him as a friend and be like you know well what do you think that's about like you know why do you think you're doing that like what is I mean I'm sure there's a reason for it there's probably a good reason it, it serves some purpose you know you're doing what you want to do it just you've been told that you should be doing something else and it was neat because he was able to kind of come clear about how he had actually before kind of settling here he had worked uh, for a year like over a hundred hours a week on an oil rig and was exhausted and injured and was actually wanting to take like a year off to just chill. And I was like, well, there you go. Bada bing. You have every right to do that. That's good for you. Like good congratulations and good on you for taking care of yourself. And it kind of made him look at it a little differently and like, you know, get away from like this nagging voice in his head that some teacher somewhere or gas station attendant or the fucking guy down the road who's just taking it upon himself to criticize other people instead of work on his own shit you know planted in my friend's head so that was interesting and so I hope he um he is able to move on and towards the projects that he wants to do you know in a time in a time that works for him but he we walked over to one of his other properties I guess he's got like two other properties here and he showed me that and he has like a little house on it and stuff so that's kind of cool it was really nice to be out at night um i will say as i'm getting to know all these different people man i have been what's the word kind of overwhelmed by some people because um i mean yeah you know it takes all kinds right anywhere you go but being that it's a small community maybe you have more interaction or i rather have more interaction with people than i would in a larger city so 
which is somewhat counterintuitive to me, but I, it makes sense now that I'm here. But one girl started, you know, dishing all this stuff about her and this guy that she starts, she's been sleeping with and he's sleeping with other people and she wants him to be monogamous and she's thinking that they have something good and that they're, he's, she's going to convince him to be monogamous and, you know, and be, have a real relationship with her. And I mean, I was just like, oh God, please, I don't want to know, you know, now, now it's like TMI. Now, like every time I see him, cause I get along with him fine. And, you know, like I talk with him whenever I see him. But now I feel weird because I'm like, so like all this secret shit has been dumped on me that I'm not really, you know, I'm not going to like say anything. You know what I mean? It's just awkward for me that she chose me to dump on kind of. And I think she did that partially strategically because I think she perceives all other women as a threat, you know, to her man that she thinks is hers. And so she kind of was trying to put me in the role of confidant and friend so that I wouldn't get any ideas or feel like going after this guy or something. I do think that that's part of why she did it. Um, but it's like people just, there's people like that, you know, and, and, uh, I've avoided the pool a few times now because I just didn't want to like, you know, talk to her about, I didn't want her to give me, tell me more details about her lover relationship with this dude that, you know, I barely know. Um, <laughs> it's trauma. And then, uh, but you know, there's different groups. And I think most of the people that I've met, they're really pretty decent. Uh, they're very decent. Um, which isn't to say like it's best friends forever all of a sudden, of course, but it's like, you know, you get a good read off certain people and certain people, you know, they obviously aren't cool and you don't want to hang around them, whatever. But I'm still just totally like getting to know all these people because it, I still feel like it's very fresh. And it's a very social place. It's really, there's so much going on socially. It's wonderful. I love it. Like I just walked over to my neighbor's house last night to go watch movies. We, we just got to walk across the land, you know? How cool! I love that. And I walk to work. I have a little tiny part-time gig job and I walk to that. So it's really great. <coughs> Excuse me. I just ate an apple. Um, but um, I think part of it stuck in my throat. But um, so this one guy that I went on the walk with last night, I'm still getting to know him, obviously, still, uh, of course, too. And one thing I think I screwed up because so I've done some studies into men and how men are and how they communicate. And it's very different than how women communicate. It's a whole different orientation. And one thing that I remember reading about men and how they communicate is that like, it's really important for a woman never to like, kind of like if a man says no, basically don't ever question it. Just say, okay. You know, like, cause they're, they don't, men don't, it really, they take offense to, it's like, they feel like they're being controlled. And I think for women, we've kind of been socialized or something to like kind of prod a little bit. And it's, it's not, we don't, we're not realizing that we're actually kind of being manipulative, but to the man, it strikes them as very manipulative. And of course this is generalizing, right? There's always, you know, you outliers and different types of people in every group, doesn't matter what sex you are or whatever. But in general, this is um, kind of a trend I have noticed actually. And last night, um, I remember like when I walked over there, I was kind of just assuming that he would give me a ride back home because it was going to be dark when I left. And you know, um, it's like there's snakes, you know, and stuff like that. So, but he was kind of like, it seemed like he kind of didn't want to give me a ride. And he, but then when I was like, Oh, he, I said, well, he said, do you want like a flash? You want to borrow a flashlight? And I was like, sure. I mean, you know, I mean, whatever. And he, he basically was, was saying that he was like, whatever you want, you know? And I'm kind of like, I didn't know him well enough to really know that that actually mean meant to him like he didn't want to give me a ride so I just went with it and got the ride and I realized on the ride that oh I think I misread that I think he really didn't want to give me a ride so I felt kind of like I had broken that um, 
sort of, I'd broken that com communication um, that he needed to feel respected as a man. And I, f I felt like kicking myself. I kind of feel chagrined today, like, you know. So that was interesting. And I hope that the friendship isn't over because of that. Because, you know, I, men are sensitive. And I'm sensitive, but men are a lot more sensitive than women, I think, to be honest. I think that's the true, the truth of it. And men are much more in tune with their intuition and connected to their intuition in general than women, even though we're, we're like the ones, the women are the ones that are supposedly the more intuitive. <clears throat> but the socialization we've all received in this messed up culture um, has kind of made things all backwards. So anyway, that's my two cents on it. And so I'm hoping that um, I didn't like hurt his feelers too much <laughs> and that because he's he actually offered to take me to this river today it's like a creek or whatever and I guess it's a really good swimming spot and especially after it starts raining there's like pools and waterfalls and stuff so it's like I'm like uh yeah I definitely want to go to that and some of the younger guys who hang out by the pool one of whom I had just mentioned that was like sleeping with this other girl or whatever um that whole drama is uh, they have a couple times now mentioned that they're going there in front of me, but not invited me. And one of the guys, one of their friends, he's a little more innocent, I think, and nice. And he said something like, oh, I saw a group of those guys the other day at that little at that little convenience store on the highway. And um, they were all waiting and I thought they were waiting for you. And I was just looking at him like, what? Why would he think that they're waiting for me? That It's like it's almost like I didn't even. But then my friend, my older friend, my neighbor, he was like, oh, yeah. They were probably, and they're too weenie. They're not like real men, kind of like, you know, men in Oregon. Um, <laughs> not all men in Oregon, but most of them that I met, especially in Portland. Um, they're just like not real men. And they don't know how to just walk up to a girl and be like, hey, would you like to get some coffee with me? You know, they're like too scared. They want to put the women into, he was saying that they want to put the women into some kind of servitude um, by, by basically just throwing it out there that they're going to go do this thing. And then that way it kind of forces the woman to be like, oh, can I come? And then they're kind of like a little bit of a slave or a servant to them. And I mean, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, that's to me like, Why? would I become like one of their harem girls? I have no interest in that whatsoever. And I think most of them have girlfriends, but like this one guy, he's apparently sleeping around with these, whatever. And I only know this because this girl like descended upon me and dumped this all on me. Right. So anyway, it's interesting. <laughs> so I think we're going to go to this Creek today, the later this afternoon and go splash around and, the, and I'll bring the dog and she can get all wet and run around in the water, which will be amazing for her. But she did get to run around this morning and she went, she was gone for like an hour. I was actually really worried. I called her multiple times and was like, okay, my dog ran away. Um, but she came back. She always comes back. I've heard this about that kind of dog. She's part wolf. She's definitely like, I'd say a significant part wolf. So, and then Husky and then the, the Belgian um, Shepherd. So anyway, um, she might be too tired, <laughs> but we were supposed to go yesterday and then, um, and he had like some meeting or something that came up out of nowhere. So I actually hope he still takes me because now I'm like, oh, I'm a burden. He had to drive me home. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's, I, it's kind of like a dynamic that I noticed and I wish I would have been able to read him better, you know, at this point, but it's like getting to know people and how they are and how they operate. It's, it takes time. Um, and I guess if he doesn't, if, you know, if we don't go, then I'll just go to the pool again. But I was supposed to have a friend over this morning to do artwork. I have a picnic table set up in the shade, but she ended up not coming over because she had like premenstrual 
like fatigue or something like that. So I had like more time and that's why I was able to do all the um, cover cropping and stuff. And let's see, so the pine tree that I put in the ground, it is doing great. I have been watering it supplementally because I don't trust my wick system. Um, but it looks very healthy and robust and actually it's looking a lot better than the trees that are still in their pots So I know something's happening in the ground with that pine and then all the little starts that I transplanted into bigger pots Most of them have survived. There's a, several that have not But most of them have and they're still little eatsy beatsy little babies But I did get three eucalyptus trees that were like little seedlings that are about a foot maybe nine inches to foot tall they didn't look too good uh, when they arrived. There was a lot of dead leaves, but there was new growth. So I think they're going to survive. I did transplant them into gallon pots from their little crushed four inch ones. Um, I feel like when you buy plants online a lot, it's, it's really dependent on how they were packed. And even if some of the plants have been in the mail for way too long, they still have survived because of how they were packed and packing. The best way to do it that I've found when I get a plant and it's the healthiest is usually a saturated um, set of towels, you know, in a, like a plastic bag or something that seals in the moisture. That's typically been the best. The ones, these eucalyptus uh, came packed in wood chips, which I'm sure they saturated, but those wood chips had dried out because there was not a plastic layer around them. So I'm pretty sure that that was why they came pretty dry and not too good looking. Um, but I'm really excited about those and I'm just waiting for, I'm taking a little more time before putting trees out. I think the red maple by the road is not going to make it. It doesn't look, it just doesn't look like it's happy. It's a really hot, dry area and, uh, you know, I sh should have probably sheltered it in some way. I don't know if it's salvageable. I was thinking about putting some pallets around it or something, but I'm worried that I don't have a way to anchor them so they would fall on it and crush and just break it and break the box. So I think I'm going to let nature take its course and try another tree there. Um, the plum is definitely dead. It just came kind of dying. I think when I got it from the nursery, it was already dying. The Bartlett pear, it looks like it's still alive. I did a scratch test. So basically all you do is you take your fingernail and just a little scratch into the bark just a little bit and you can see if, if it's alive or not because it'll be green if it's alive. Um, but it's alive, but it's just still not leafing out or anything. So I did apply this, like, I don't remember now. It's kind of like a pest repellent, natural pest repellent spray to the fruit trees that were getting munched. And this is amazing. I truly think this is like a gift. Um, the, the odds of this are fairly low and I think it's, it was, it was an intentional communication to be honest. I, I mean, it might sound wackadoo, but I've had so many experiences of direct communication with other species that I, I can't discount this as being an answer, you know, as showing me and not a hiding from me and not just a haphazard accident. But so I was kneeling in front of my, uh, one of my vine uh, beds where I have vines and strawberries on the Northwest corner of my shelter. And I was just watering them and, you know, checking them and stuff like that. And this black and white, kind of like a black and gray, beautiful, elegant, bee-looking thing, striped, um, came and landed on the vine in, directly in front of me, literally a, probably about a foot away from my eyes. Proceeded to start, I, I mean, I didn't really, I, at first I just was like, oh, cool, it's a beautiful, I noticed how beautiful it was and unusual it was. And I looked at it a little closer to see, like, is that a native bee? 
and then I noticed it was doing something and so I paid even more attention and it was basically curling down the leaf that it had landed on and then I watched as it served it just like basically methodically carved out a circle out of the leaf like like you know the, like cartoons where you have that bite out of an apple and it's like this crescent shape it that's what it left and that's exactly so basically it showed itself it revealed itself to me to be the thing the pest quote unquote that is eating these circular holes these circular circular holes is redundant like circular bites out of my um, fruit tree leaves and apparently my vines and I was just like whoa thank you <laughs> So I certainly don't want to kill it because it's a pollinator. Um, but I was, and, and it's, and the thing is, is it's not taking everything. It's, my plants are still alive. Like it took a lot out of the other vine on the other, on the uh, southwest corner, but it, it's still fine. The vine is still okay. And I had read something about that, like where most of the time your, your tree will survive because it's not, you know, it's not being completely defoliated, you know, like it's not like a locust swarm like in the you know fucking revelations or whatever <laughs> um so but i did spray my trees and i might spray the vines but it was just so intentional and so um like hey look here's so you asked here's what i'm doing and here's who i am and i don't understand why i mean I'm, it flew away with the leaf right so maybe it's using it as a nest or maybe it's bringing it back to feed its young I don't know, but that's probably something, it's probably something like that. But so, yeah, that was really cool. And I stocked up on more bird seed. I really like to keep my bird, like at least two bird feeders stocked. I got a bird bath thing. It's not like a raised bird bath. It's actually on the ground, but I can put it on like a, probably make a concrete pedestal or something for it. Um, but for now it's on the ground in the orchard, right under the, off to the side actually from the little hanging uh, bird feet, uh, seed tray and um, one of the other things that I've been noticing is there's this flock of tiny blue butterflies that are visiting my my beds and right now they're all around the rosemary and they really like hanging out over by the Aslepia speciosa and the the rosemary on that side and they're just beautiful sometimes they're swarming around my strawberries so they've been hanging out too. Um, I think that's mostly everything. I'm really dragging ass on getting my B&B, get, getting that set up. I need to build the, the outhouse, the composting toilet. But I do have a toilet seat now. And now I guess I can use pallets to construct the structure. And then the bench, the toilet seat bench thing. I'm not totally sure how I'll do that yet. I didn't get plywood. I was going to buy plywood, but then I ended up finding this veneer stuff and forgot about the, um, the other project. And I do need to still spray that marine protectant protection thing, that sun protector onto the camper that's sitting out there. So it's like, I'm just like my neighbor, basically. I'm just procrastinating, um, all these things, but today I got something done. I actually did the freaking cover cropping. Hallelujah. <laughs> so there you go things are actually slowly happening. Um, yesterday was 104, like I said. So I hunkered down inside pretty much the whole day with my dog and my cat and had the AC going and it was really nice. It was actually so comfortable. I didn't, I didn't end up going to the pool, which I guess there's a bunch of people there. 
and I didn't end up going to this um, event that I usually had gone to like every, I think it's twice a month. And uh, I just didn't even go to that either. It was comfortable. And then my friend and I watched movies. So I had, I like had a nice time and it stayed cool. But I don't like sitting in AC all day. I don't think that's healthy mentally or physically. Um, so today's going to be a water day. Um, I do need to get the other two pines in the ground. They really need to get planted. And the technique I used on the first one seems to be working. So, and but with supplemental water. And until I can test my wicks. And then I think I know where I want them. One of them is going to go kind of my view out my nook window of my camper looks to the southwest. And I think what I'd like to do is put the tree kind of in that line of sight and off to the kind of a little bit more in the perimeter of the property, but sort of in between the perimeter and this big area where I'm going to put the pool, the, uh, the pond. So that'll give some shade to the pond. It'll be Western shade. So it'll be like when that worst of the heat is, you know, hitting the pool, it'll be like nice, you know? Um, and then the other one, I think I want to plant over on the east side of the structure that I'm staying under. And that way it'll provide some privacy from the, the Airbnb guests and the campers that I'll be hosting. And it'll also kind of just provide some, you know, wind block is really the main thing for, for that side. If the wind comes from that side. And then my orchard will do some good once it's, you know, as it grows in on the north side. But I'm also going to do that perimeter wall. And, you know, last week I gave some techniques on how, you know, building material and how to construct stuff. And I'm kind of thinking I might default to the, to the pallet method, to be honest. The pallet method, the one that the developer that I know showed kind of was telling me about. And the reason for that is because as I've been, you know, digging and moving my gravel to spread the gravel that was delivered, I paid about $800 for the gravel, um, for my constructed wetland as I'm spreading it into the wetland. Cause it wasn't dumped in the wetland all the way for most of it wasn't dumped in at all. I had to move a lot of gravel and it's really hard work and it takes a long time. And in the heat that we have out here, it's not really healthy to really do it very much. Right. <laughs> so you have to get up really early in the morning and do it. And actually that's what I did. I got up really early in the morning. Well, not really early. I think my dog woke me up at six and I laid in bed till seven. And then I was like, oh, I have enough wakefulness to go do this. And I, I finished one of the pits. So the first pit is ready. Um, I'm just letting it fill up a little bit more before I plant. I think it's probably a good time to plant, but except for the heat wave we're in, it's, you know, the summer, it's not probably the best. So maybe I'll plant in the fall. I don't know, but the rains are monsoon is summer, not fall here. So anyway, just thinking about how hard it is to move gravel. I feel like digging sand and gravel out of a riverbed and hauling it you know, up into my van or my trailer and then hauling it, assuming I can even get my van to a riverbed, right? Because it's not four wheel drive and then unloading it, you know, that just to me sounds unsustainable and very difficult. And that's what the papercrete option would require. Unless I want to have someone deliver a load, which is a very expensive usually because the transport cost can be up to a thousand dollars. So it's kind of insane. 
So what I'm kind of thinking is even though papercrete sounds wonderful and I might use it for certain things, I'm thinking with walls like the perimeter wall uh, and the studio maybe, and maybe even the house, the house I might do papercrete, we'll see. But I'm thinking of just doing the palettes and basically you just stand up a palette and you just do Adobe inside of it and I'm going to do some chicken wire and then you anchor them with posts and there you go, <laughs> you know? Um, the one sucky thing that I can think of right off the bat is that palettes are usually around four by four ish and I don't want an eight foot tall wall. I think that feels a lot too kind of like, you know, prepper military survivalist crazy and I won't be able to see out unless I put windows in the wall, which is weird. So I just want to do like a six foot wall. So I'm going to have to deal with cutting those palettes, which sucks. <laughs> I don't want to have to do it. I don't have a good saw. I ordered a saw on Amazon that didn't come with a battery pack, if you can believe that. And then I got the battery pack separately, and the battery pack didn't come with a charger, if you can fucking believe that. <laughs> so now I need to find and order the correct charger for the battery pack for the saw before I can use the saw. Amazing. Um, let's see. I think that that's pretty much what I want to talk about. The pool is amazing and beautiful. Um really very peaceful and lovely and I'm realizing um just in the conversations that happened at the pool where we sit in the cabana that it's a re I landed in a really special good place it's got its challenges but man I this place is pretty amazing and the people are generally pretty amazing despite the various dramas that some you know uh carry out I just I was I've had more than a few moments now of like happiness and that's been really rare for me in my life. I've never really been happy. Um, like, for instance, one of the other days last week, one of my buddies out here took me on a drive. And the idea was let's drive on the highway to go to the, the mini mart on the highway and get some beers or whatever and then drive the back roads back, um, the scenic route. And so I said yes. And so it was really just one of the funnest. I don't know how to explain it. It's just like maybe just having a good friend. Um I mean, I think he's becoming a good friend. So it, it was just so cool. And it was such a beautiful place. And it reminded me so much of when I was a little kid growing up in a community where all of our parents had us at the same time, you know, so we were like running around like little in little packs of kids. Um, it just really reminds me of that. And the other day I told this particular friend, I said, because um, he was saying that he, it, you know, really liked hanging out with me and stuff. And, and, and I was like, yeah, it feels like, um, kind of like, uh, what, like there's this Cat Stevens song. I don't know what it's called, but it goes something like, you know, when the, when all things were tall and our friends were small and the world was new, you know, that song, that's how it feels when I hang out with this, with this buddy. And then in general, just like driving around the ranch and, you know, like driving around the, the land out here and, you know, meeting up with people. It just feels like, used to when I was a kid in a, in a really strong tight-knit community so anyway so I think next projects I really want to try to get the air compressor set up and attempt to use a hundred and something foot extension cord and go dig some earthworks to capture some of the rain that will hopefully be coming and um yeah just get some more trenches in the ground get some more uh, swales just get some more lateral lines off of the gully 
with the the air gun or the air compressor i should be able to get deep down into you know get the like pull soil away from that gully like and actually get a trench going out to the side it's pretty deep so it would be like two feet two feet down but um maybe it can taper just so that water has a chance to like kind of flood into it it doesn't have to necessarily like you know be two feet deep the whole way so to speak but i think that it would make a huge difference just giving water a place to go and stay and sink in and one of the things i've been noticing is around some of the water boxes there are like maybe some bird seed that you know blew over there like a sun random sunflower is growing up in one of the boxes um, where I have the apricot and then there's a little just recently there was a sprout of probably uh, alfalfa or hay that's coming up on the drip emitter the part where like the overflow area so that's really exciting and also some of the native shrubs are looking like they're I mean they're greener and they're some of them are flowering around those boxes so that tells me that you know there's there's hydration and there's local hydration so it's not just for the tree it's actually a little bit spreading so that's wonderful to see so I just want to let you know that too because it's it's pretty exciting like as ecology tries to get started in this environment to restart after being so degraded to the point where it's desertified um, I'm seeing little tiny uh, indicators that the, that the land is willing to, to come back right so super exciting so I think that's it. Um, thanks for listening. And I'm just kind of plugging away and dealing with the heat at the same time, um, strategically and making connections out here and enjoying life and reveling in the luck that I sort of had, even though I put a huge amount of effort into picking this place, um, among uh, hundreds of places I could have picked. Um, I think I also got a little lucky in terms of um, landing in a place with a really cool peep, like uh, social scene or vibe or whatever, which I did a little bit of, um, you know, reconnaissance, talking to uh, local realtors and stuff about it. But, you know, it's one thing to talk to someone on the phone and, you know, look at a map and all that. And it's another thing to be, the, be in a place. So it, it turned out to be kind of special and very peaceful. So anyway, um, charging onward with the project and I will talk to you again soon.